Dear friends, we are Zolcha to be spending Sukkot in our Sukkot with Baruch Hashem, a beautiful weather here as well. And uh, we've mentioned this before about how taking the Arba Minim, that we're bringing together all these beautiful different uh, the desirable fruit, the esrog, and the palm branch from the, that that produces the, the the delicious dates, and the hadasim with the beautiful fragrance, and we're bringing it all together, and we're using it to celebrate Hashem and to praise Hashem, and specifically, the Arizal writes that there's a special beauty to taking the arba minim specifically inside of the sukkah. Because the sukkah um, has the power to unify everything together, to give it all, to infuse everything that happens in it with an extra level of meaning, an extra level of transcendence and spirituality. And uh, that's why our every achila, every time we eat, and our tiul are spending time with our family, they're all uh, that take place inside of a sukkah. They're all made extra, extra special. Uh, and, and, and it's a mitzvah. It's a mitzvah to sleep in the sukkah, to eat in the sukkah, to live in the sukkah. It's all because of this tremendous power of a sukkah. Sukkah, to a certain extent, of tzaddik writes, is like Shabbos, is a different portal of existence in time. Meaning, once you come into Shabbos, Everything changes. Everything is the same, so to speak, uh, seemingly the same in our world, but now it's all within the framework of Shabbos. Now it's all has this extra level of closeness and connection to Hashem because of the fact that it's Shabbos. Everything, the Achila is a Shabbos, the Achila, the Shena is Meshubachas, sleeping is praiseworthy also on Shabbos, rest. It all becomes, it all gains a new purpose and a new hashivus of being on Shabbos. And so too, so the Tzaddik is the Sukkot. Sukkot, though, is not in time, I mean, it's, it's time by Mitzvah, but specifically located within the Sukkah. means it's w- within the confines of the Sukkah, it has a Bechina of Me'in Olam Haba. Not, the, not like Yom Kippur, which is... Uh, from all the Moadim is the, is the one that's like Shabbos. Uh, by the way, just to mention a beautiful, beautiful Rav Tzadok, he speaks out, the Midrash says um, that there are six, six um, Yomim Tovim throughout the year, and then the seventh one has a Bechina of Shabbos um, corresponding to a six and seven, uh, so the six are first and second and, and last day of Pesach, Shavuos, Rosh Hashanah, that's four, two days of Sukkot, first day of Sukkot and Shemini Atzeres, that's six, and Yom Kippur <coughs> is like the Shabbos to all of them. So that, that's Shabbos, Shabbos. So again, so we have Yom Kippur, is a Shabbos amongst the Yom Tovim, uh, that's as far as time. But Sukkah, the space, the place of Sukkah, has this tremendously special thing to it, uh, where where everything that happens in it 
becomes a mitzvah and is connected to Hashem. And that's what we, we mentioned that last week, that this is really what we need coming out of Yom Kippur, trying to bring that Kedusha down from that very, very high place of Yom Kippur where we felt we're standing right in front of the Malach Malachi Amlachim, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and understanding that our lives have to now be different. We can no longer live the way that we used to live last year. So then now we, uh, we are given that chance during the seven days of Sukkot where everything we do is a mitzvah. That's the context within, within which I want to discuss this unbelievable Psikta Durav Kahana. For years and years, I've, I've been aware of this Psikta, and I've always been bothered by it. In fact, it's such a central midrash to the entire holiday of Sukkot that we're about to quote, that actually in many Sidurim and many people have the minhag to say a Yihi Rotson, before going into the sukkah, I hear Rotson, that may be your will, Hashem, that if I am chayev in golos, a person uh, is, has been finally, has been judged, has been found to be obligated to, uh, in exile, that he, that he must be exiled, so then let it at least, let it be that by me going out into the sukkah, that should count for me as going out into exile. And this is based on this Psikta de Rav Kahana, where he says that the mitzvah of Sukkah is placed after Yom Kippur, where we've been forgiven for all of our averis. Ulai nishaivu goes, perhaps we've been, we've been um, um, found um, guilty, we've been not, not guilty, we've been found obligated to go on to Golos, Tia Mitzvah Sukkah, let the concept of Sukkah be like a Golos, um, because we, uh, we we leave our Jiras Kva, and we go into a Jiras Arai, we leave our permanent dwelling, we go out into, as the Gemara Sukkah says, and we go out into this temporary dwelling place, that's, that's a Bechina of Golos. And he quotes a Posuk, from Micha, that calls are going to go out to Golos and to Bovel, and from there Hashem will bring them back. And it's a it's it's a it's a Why? For the, for whoever is this individual, one, two, three. How many people are are, are found Chayven Golos, which which uh, really has to do with a person who killed someone, Bishogig. Um, maybe there's some other reasons a person would be high in Golos, not not Mikra Din, but maybe else the, the, you know, the spiritual in the spiritual realms. But because of this, this is this is why this, the mitzvah of Sukkah is placed after Yom Kippur. This is why so that so that for for, for such a um, seemingly not necessarily such a common. Um, Phenomenon and, and also a fairly depressing one. A fairly, you know, I mean, it, it makes the sukkah be like the, you know, I mean, going out to the garbage heap that would also be good enough. You know, I, I should have to go go crawl into a garbage can, um, maybe because maybe I maybe I've been found to be in need of not only exile but from my home, but also uh, to be in a very putrid, smelly place. That's not the way that we relate to the sukkah. We were just talking about how the sukkah is this 
unbelievable place, this beautiful place, this place where a person is so close to Hashem that everything we do, our Achila, our Shtia, our Shena, our Tziul, everything is, is, is a mitzvah, it's beautiful, it's connected uh, to Hashem. The, the Shlok Kodesh says that the Schach is a Bechina of, of Bina, of Olam Haba. Very, very lofty, beautiful thing. So, how, how do you how do you understand this psikta? That's what bothered me for years and years. <laughs> so, Rav Tzodek is bothered by a similar question. Rav Tzodek explains we have an incorrect view of goals, and the truth is, before we speak about speak out this Rav Tzodek, we should we should speak over first uh, a kuzari. It's a kuzari. The when the chacham is speaking with the with the Khazar king. So the the king says to him, "Why would uh, why would I think that your religion is true? You guys are you're downtrodden, you're pursued, you have no power, you um, you're the lowly of the low. That uh, what that itself seems to be evidence that you're not the the true religion." To which the Chacham answers back, uh, with all due respect, Your Majesty, it's actually exactly the opposite. If you think about it, we'll, we'll give an analogy that the Maral uses in, uh, I believe it's in Natsah Yisrael. The Maral says, why is it specifically that the animals that are brought as a sacrifice on the Mizbeach, right, are all animals of uh, prey, Sheep, um, goats, cows—they're all—they're all—they're uh, all preyed upon by predators, right? Um, lions eat cows and you know, calves, certainly, and sometimes even cows. And uh, and uh, leopards eat goats, and wolves eat sheep. Um, and and yet these are these are the these are the kosher animals and these are the animals that are brought up on the mizbeach, and so too we see with Yaakov Avinu. The Yaakov Avinu was pursued his whole life. He was always on the run. He was running away from Asaph. He was trying to kill him for for stealing the brachas. Uh, he was then running away from Lavan, who was trying to kill him for for leaving for for taking all that wealth. He, then he was pursued by the Shem and, and, and taking of Dina, and then afterwards all the local um, kings got, got together. When the brothers avenged Dina from Shem, all the local kings got together. Yaakov and family had to run again. Hashem protected him, of course, every time. But he was always on the run, always... Always uh, in danger. That's why we finally have the Parshas Vayeshev. Finally, Yaakov thought, that's it. Now, now I, can, I fulfilled my, my quota. I filled every possible criteria of running that I could. Now I can finally rest. And what happened? Mechiras Yosef. So, the, uh, the concept is that someone who's cut out to be a ruler, to be powerful, to be do- dominant in this world, is a person who's fundamentally, a person, a creature, is fundamentally a permanent resident, uh, an Ezrach, 
of the of Olomaze. Um, he belongs here. This is his home turf. That would be analogous to a lion, a leopard, a wolf. They're powerful. They're cut out for this world. This is a tough world. It's a dog-eat-dog world. So the bigger the teeth you have, the more powerful the claws that you have, the, the, the better off you're going to be. Because you're going to be meaner than the other one, more aggressive than the other one. And you, and, uh, you, you'll, get, you'll, get your, uh, you'll get your food. That's someone who belongs in this world. Someone who does not belong in this world. Someone who fundamentally has a connection to the next world, to spirituality, to to something beyond. That person is not going to have this power, this dominion in this world. And that's why, says the Maral, the animals that are all brought as sacrifices are all animals of prey. Not predators, but the prey. Because they're the ones that are in one way or another able to be elevated and transcended to Avodos Hashem because they are, to a certain extent, not um, and the Ezrach, not the local resident of Olamazeh. Rather, they're a, a ger. They are sojourners here. They, they don't really belong in this world. <laughs> they're not equipped. They're not equipped to, to, to live in this world. They don't have those big claws. They don't have those big teeth. So they're always on the run. They're running away. They're they're scared. They're they're looking where's the, where's the next attacker going to come from. That is that's the morale. Uh, so so Alderchis uh, Kuzri says that on the, on the contrary, the people that are powerful in this world is because this world is their place. But the people that are pursued, that are downtrodden, that are that are subjugated, those are the people that are living a truly transcendent life, those are the people that are really living a connected life, a life of spirituality and, and of Oda. Now, the Kuzari then says, King says, Kuzar King says, to the Chacham, what you say makes sense, uh, that someone who has suffering and affliction in this world is a, is a Ben Olam Haba, is a person who has a connection to the next world, someone who enjoys and receives reward in this world, seemingly he's not a Ben Olam Haba, he's, so he's being paid out in this world, that makes sense, but I know you Jews, he says, and, and uh, although you are downtrodden and you are oppressed, but if you could be powerful, if you could take revenge over the people that, that, that oppress you, you would do it in a second, and you cry under your blankets and you wish you had a sword to go and, and, and kill them all. And uh, this is not that you are choosing to live a life of poverty and weakness so that you can find Hashem in it, but rather it is imposed upon you. To which the Chacham says, you know, Your Majesty, you've exposed our shame. Uh, you're right, that is most people's attitude. And if it were to be that we accepted our exile happily and we understood that this is a gift from Hashem, then it would all be over very quickly and Hashem would reveal His honor in the world and that would have been the end of it. But because we don't and we continue seeking power and lordiness over others the same way that the Goyim have over us, that's why we're still in Gauls today. That's an unbelievable kuzuri to know. So, Coming back over here, 
So Rav Tzaddik explains that the Golos is perhaps the most fruitful time the Klausel have ever had. He quotes, he quotes a number of unbelievable Midrashim. Uh, one is a Shira Shirim that says, Harbut Tzadikim Hamaliti, many Tzadikim, many more Tzadikim. I've established, says the Jewish nation, so to speak, Bukhurvona. Um, in, in my destruction, Yoser Miyushuva. More so than when I was settled in my, in my place, in my land. Harbuk Zeros, Gazarti, many decrees that, I, that I've decreed upon myself, Vikiyamtim, and I also decreed many decrees upon myself, more so than you decreed upon me. And notice, all the extra stringencies that we, we accepted upon ourselves, that all began with the Anshik Nesas Agdola. And the Anshik Agdola were after the Churban Beis HaMikdash. The Anshik Agdola was the beginning of the entire, you know, what we would call the, the period of the Chachamim, after the Nevi'im have ceased, and the period of the Chachamim began, all the decrees that we made on ourselves, and all the tzaddikim that the Jewish people have established, this was all in a state of golos, more or less. And even in short periods of time that we were in Eretz Yisrael, it was always, uh, it was never a full dominion that we had, or it was a temporary dominion, we were always scared of uh, a nearby enemy uh, attacking, it was never a situation of, uh, you made David, you made Shlomo, uh, a state of, of, of B.S. Mashiach, a state of Geula. It was always a state of Golos. And that's, and that's when the greatest tzaddikim were established. That's when Klausrel blossomed. The, he speaks out that, of course, our Talmud is the, is the Babylonian Talmud, not the Yerushalmi, but the Bavli, because it's... Uh, it's through that darkness uh, that that the greatest that the greatest toil happens, and through that toil is the truest, purest uh, halacha comes out. The truest, purest Torah comes out through that goals. Even though it's much more difficult to understand Torah in Bavel than it is in Eretz Yisrael, but specifically from Bavel is where the Torah is, where the Babylonian Talmud came. Uh, even before that, the Gemara says the, the, that it's always established from Bovel. The Torah was forgotten in Eretz Yisrael until Ezra came from Bovel and reestablished the Torah. Then the Torah was forgotten again until Hill Habavli, who we refer to him as Hill Zakin, but he was a Babylonian, until he came from Bovel and reestablished the Torah. And again it was forgotten until Rebihi Ubonov came from Bovel and reestablished the Torah again. So, the Torah is, in its firmest sense, always in Bovel, and the Rav says Bovel is Lavdavka, it means in Golos. In Golos, because we, we know already this was, uh, this was much, much, much later, when Jews already had, many Jews already left Bovel and were already in, uh, living in other places, and the Chazal keep referring to it always as, a, as Bovel, that's the, that's the archetypal uh, Golos. So it turns out, that Golos has this unbelievable power, like the Kuzri says, to connect us to Avinu Sheba and how so? So, 
when a person is in Golos, and he's subjugated, and he understands that everything that I have is not in my own power. Who knows what, what these people, the dominators, what they're going to do tomorrow. Maybe they're going to have an election soon. Maybe in that election, some bad people are going to be elected. Maybe those people will treat us very differently than the current people. And, and, and it's not up to us. Even if all the Jews across the entire America voted one way, it would make no difference if, if the overall people wanted to go a different way. We're dropping the bucket. We can't do anything. We're completely dependent on which way Hashem takes it. We're dependent on Hashem. We turn our eyes to Hashem. We realize everything is from Him. We're dependent on Him. And that's the difference between that and people who live in their own land, who have a Yitzhahara of saying, Kohi v'otsum yodi, my strength and, uh, and the power of my hand. People that are in their own land, they're the majority, they're the ones that are in charge of the military, the police force, the government, the taxes, they have money, they have, they have power, they have tanks, they have airplanes. People in Gauls, they don't have anything. We're, we're powerless. We're powerless. We have no one except to rely on, except for Hashem in heaven, our Father in heaven. And that is the power of the sukkah. We go out and we leave. Leave your dearest kva, leave your permanent dwelling place, leave your fancy house, your, your strong, good, solid, rain-proof roof, which... Which it could be storming outside and raining, pouring down buckets, and you're sitting, sitting nice and cozy inside, protected. You don't care what the weather is outside, whether it be very sunny or very rainy or freezing cold. We have our air conditioner, we have our heater, and everything is taken care of, and everything is wonderful. And we don't feel the need, Chasar Shalom, to be reliant upon Hashem. So Hashem says, leave, leave your dearest kva, go out into your dearest arai, go out into a sukkah, which is also in the Dav Beis Amodalaf of Gemara Sukkah, proves that a sukkah must be susceptible to water. It must be that if it rains, you can't put the board so close that it'll protect, it'll protect from the rain. If, if, if your um, roof is built so well, so tightly together the boards are placed um, that, that they don't let through water, then it would be possible everybody would agree it's possible because that's by definition means that it lets through water. It lets through water, it lets through rain, it means we're completely dependent on Hashem. I sit in my sukkah and I realize I need Hashem. I need Him to protect me. I'm susceptible, I'm vulnerable. Anything can happen. If Hashem doesn't give me the supervision, the divine supervision, that it should be good weather. I can't fulfill this mitzvah. I can't do this mitzvah without Hashem's help. I can't eat in the sukkah. I can't sleep in the sukkah. I can't be metal in the sukkah. I'm dependent on Hashem. I'm reliant on Hashem. And when that colors everything I do, when I eat, I'm eating because of the chazde Hashem that He's allowing me to eat because because he's contr- he's making the weather pleasant and nice and not only just the weather but I'm afraid of the local criminals who knows what could happen somebody could kick down my door to my sukkah shalom something could negative could happen or bees could fly into my sukkah maybe they maybe they're gonna sting me maybe they're gonna sting my children everything we're reliant on Hashem 
We trust in Hashem. That's why it's called Tzilud Mehem Nusa, the shade of Amuna. We sit in the shade of the Schach and we say, we don't have a good roof. We don't have solid walls. We don't have anything. We have, Halacha is, the two walls and a Tafach. It's enough, just a bare minimum. Because it's not meant to be a stronghold. It's not meant to be a castle of, of, of Ace, of a, a Germanic uh, knight castle with two meter thick stone walls. It's a Ziras Arai. I'm, I'm Begolus. And the truth is, like the Pasuk says, that you should sit in a sukkah. Why? So you should know, know, you should know experientially, you should re experience, you should live it. The same way the Klaus dwelt in sukkahs, whether it be Ananiah covered, like Rabbi Eliezer, or whether it be Sukkos Mama, shacks like Rabbi Akiva. Either way, when we dwelt in the in the Sukkos, in there it's in, in in the midbar, we're living in the midbar. We're living in a desert, in a, with without any ability to protect ourselves, to take care of our families. We have no food, we have no water, we have no shelter, we have no ability to survive even for one day, without the kindnesses of Hashem, without the man. The bear shall Miriam, the Ananiya covered. Without Hashem taking care of us, we have nothing. We can't possibly survive. That's what we're meant to re-experience during these days, living in the sukkah, re-experiencing, trusting in Hashem, relying in Hashem, and all of our actions being colored by that. When I eat, when I sleep, when I sit and learn Torah in my sukkah, when I sit and I speak with my family, and I tell them about what Hashem did for us when we were in Mitzrayim, when we left Mitzrayim in the desert, and He took care of us, and He still takes care of us. That is the power of the Gullus. A person is in Gullus already, while in the Sukkah, then he doesn't need to be sent out into Gullus to learn that lesson, to make that Kiddush Hashem. So to a certain extent, we all our hive and goals. We all need to realize how dependent we are on Hashem. And if we don't realize that enough, we might be hive and goals. We might need to go out. We might need to be exiled from our land. Might need to have to leave our families, leave our power, leave our money. So instead of that, Hashem says, I'm going to give you a mitzvah of sukkah for seven days. You're going to sit there and you're going to be sitting in the shade of a muna and realizing you're completely reliant on me Bez Hashem, we will no longer be chayv and golos. We'll be zocha to come back to Eretz Yisrael, everybody together, and the Yidden in Eretz Yisrael, who desperately also need to learn this lesson of being reliant on Hashem. And Eretz Yisrael, to a certain extent, that's more difficult because you feel you have the army, you have the taxes, the, uh, the, the, the wealth of the government, you have the police department, they're all on your side, they're all Jewish. And even if, even, if, uh, even if they would be religious Jewish, all of them, even if the government would be a religious government, that would be even more challenging. Because we have to ultimately put our trust in Hashem. As Hashem will be Zoha for B.S. Mashiach Tzidkenu, where we will recognize the Malchus Shamaim in the world. In the meantime, that we should experience these days of living with Hashem, and that's going to be 
the tool, the vehicle that's going to help us to come into Shminyat Seris, into Simchas Torah, where we can manage to bring that Kedusha of the Golas back into the house, where we can manage to bring that reliance on Hashem, which in the Sukkah is natural because you have no good roof, you have no good protection. We can manage to bring that into the house, where in the house, person has a Yitzhar to trust in his good roof. But we can manage to bring that in, and so too, to take the Bitochen, and the Yemunah that we live with in Golos, that Hashem, when Mashiach will come very soon, will bring all of that back into Eretz Yisrael, and live in Eretz Yisrael, with, in our land, within our boundaries, will, nonetheless, trusting in Hashem, that it's all from Him, and that He's taking care of us. Uh, a good upcoming Yom Tov, a good Shana Rabbah to everyone, and a uh, good Shabbos, good Shmiyat Seris, good Simchas Torah, hope to dance with whichever ones of you are in Chicago, would love to dance with you, Bez Hashem, this coming Simchas Torah.